I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. school i'm chief rick lasky along with my good buddy chief john salka and folks you asked for it so here you go um S- our scba uh you know we, we just we just posted that one you know the scba your scba okay uh how much do you know and uh part two was a lot of folks were asking about uh us getting a little bit more into uh the reducing the profile type of procedures maybe a little bit of entanglement and uh some other things so john um, you know, we covered a lot in a little over 30 minutes last time. I think it went 40 minutes. We always try to keep these about a half hour-ish long. But uh, real quick, before we get going, a couple of things. The air management thing, I've heard you say this before, and I know we used to do it. You don't need necessarily a computer system and a whole bunch of fancy things. What you need is your gear and your air pack, and you need to set up maybe a little obstacle course and nothing more. I mean, that could be you have a little barbell, nothing, you know, not, we're not lifting like, you know, just something, you know, this is the first station. You got to do a little crawling. You got to get up, you got over here. You have to lift the barbell up. You have to over here, um, drag this hose over here. And then you have to come back. I'll tell you what, I've had great success in uh, lots of places. Just use table and chairs. You don't even have to get really creative. You can use the apparatus floor. You can use a meeting room. You can use a bunk room and you can get, Obviously, fully geared up, carrying a set of tools on air. Somebody watching you, and somebody, and then somebody going through it. And all you have to do is, is, is walk, crawl through it. So you crawl, you know, you get down on your hands and knees, you crawl under the table. You leave just enough room between tables so you can stand back up, take three steps, get back down on your knees, crawl under that table, stand up, take three steps, get back on your knees. You do that along one wall for five or six tables. Then the next wall's got five or six chairs, just ordinary chairs that you sit at the dining room table with, right? Without arms and handles, right? Step over it, take two steps. Step over the next chair, take two steps. Take the, you know, you step over and walk in between five or six chairs. Then you hit the other wall, you're back to tables again, and then you hit the fourth wall and you're back to chairs again. This is just tables and chairs, right? You could do saw horses. You could do a lot of stuff if you want, but you don't have to create or spend money or build anything. No. And what you do is as you're proceeding through this, it's pretty much generating the same heart rate and the same anxiety level and the same work, you know, breathing rate that you would if you were, in fact, working at a fire. This is not scientifically proven per beats per minute of the heart or anything. It's not. But but it, but it recreates working at a fire. And, and if you do that from your first step, from turning the air on until your alarm, your low air alarm sounds and you document that point and then you keep working and keep walking. Then you'll know how long your air is going to last on alarm. And a lot of people don't think there's a lot of air in. There's a lot of air from the time your alarm starts till the time your alarm starts, stops. There's a lot of SCBAs out there. I can't put my hand on a Bible and swear to you that every single model, every single manufacturer gives you air after the low air alarm stops. But I know Scott does. 
I've, I've worn plenty of Scott masks down to the alarm stopping. And there was still breaths left. Well, not, don't, not you, don't, you think, past, don't you think that's, that's, and you said it, isn't that, I think it's a vital drill to do several times with a probie. You're just sitting there, just, you know, you're, right? They're getting the end. All right, sit down and just keep breathing. I know it's buzzing. I know it's buzzing. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. You're not inside smoke. We're not endangering you. Breathe to you. It's, and you actually sit there in time and go, like you said, how much time do I have? Right. You know, how much more air do I have, you know, after it's... And that whole process is called the air consumption exercise. It's very simple. You don't need an officer or a training officer or a chief. Frankly, you don't need permission. Two firefighters could go into the volunteer firehouse and do it themselves. You know, I'm not saying go break any rules anywhere, but, you know, it'd be great if your officer knew about it. But two guys could go into a firehouse, set up some table and chair, or they could crawl under the rigs and stand up and crawl under the other rig and stand up and... One guy could measure the other guy and then get undressed, and the other guy could do the second guy when he's done, and you'd still have an idea of what your total number of minutes are with usable air. Yep, I worked for like 13 minutes, and I got like five and a half minutes of exit time on alarm, and then I got seven breaths after the alarm stopped. If you do that every year or every six months, you'll know those numbers, and you'll know someday when you're trapped or lost that your alarm is slowing down, you'll say, it's okay, I, I, I know I got five minutes of alarm time now, I'm good. It gives you some confidence, too. Not only is it knowledge, but it builds confidence. Well, and, and, and so many guys have done it, depending on the makeup of their firehouse. If it's a one-story and they got a basement, they go down the basement stairs, they come up the basement stairs, they walk around, you know, if it's, if it's a two-story, if, if, if there's no, if it's a one-story and a basement, a lot of guys just say, here's the simple thing, like you said, John, you know, it's not rocket science. Put ready, all right, good, turn it on, you're good to go, good. You walk outside, go walk around the firehouse one time, come back in, like you said. God, there's so many, go up to, walk around the rig, get up on a tailboard, down a tailboard, whatever. I know some guys, two guys will start, or three guys, will, they won't play three on three, but they'll play basketball, the basketball. They'll put their gear on, and they'll shoot some hoops. They'll shoot some hoops, and they'll bounce a ball, and they'll pass it to each other, and you know, nothing that gets you hurt. You're not breaking ankles and stuff like that and getting crazy, but a little bit of that, you know, putting that little bit, you know, so it's just not mundane. Guys are doing things. And 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 it goes back to like when our divers, John, in, in our shark tank behind station two would actually have props and they'd have to go into the water with wrenches and take a bolt off of this. And what it did was it got you to work underwater with your tank and breathing air. Well, same thing. Now, instead of just sitting in a chair, you know, like you said, you're climbing up here, you're climbing down here, you're doing things, you know, raising up your arms, lifting something, crawling a little bit, walking a little bit, stair-stepping a little bit, all these things, if you can picture, and I've asked guys, so what's the, what, what did you do the last time you were at a structure fire? Well, I got off the rig, I massed up on the front lawn, I went through the front, up the front steps, inside, I had to go upstairs, or I had to make it to the back, I had to drag a line, I had to do this. Well, there you go, there's enough. So I guess I guess it goes back to, really, you should know how much air you have. You should know how much air you use, and you should know you should know how much you know. Have a good idea what your people are doing behind you. So well, I think that I can answer one of the questions for you. You should know how much air you have because you should always have a full cylinder. Right. When you're checking your when you're checking your cylinder in the morning, if you're a career firefighter or you're on drill night at the volunteer firehouse and, and you're checking the rigs, if one of them is a little bit off. The 3,000 mark, guess what? Piss it down, throw it in the empty bottle soap thing, and put a new cylinder on there. Everybody should start with a full cylinder. I don't care what the chief says. I don't care what the captain says. If, if, you, allow, if you allow yourself to start with less than 100% of what the bottle's able to hold, 
you're at a great disadvantage. And it's, and it's a threat to you personally. Oh, you yeah. be the guy that runs out of air a minute before everybody else. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, that's the first thing. The second thing is what, what the air consumption test is, is it tells you how much time you have. Because guess what? John Salka and Rick Lasky and, you know, uh, a third guy, we all have different times. Everybody has a unique time. Everybody has whatever, whatever, their, whatever their time is. And it's not the same as anybody else's. So that's what's interesting about that is you get to know what your personal time is and how long you're going to last on air at a structural fire. Well, and, and we've talked about this before, buddy, in some of our classes as well. You know, me being the hazmat geek that I consider myself, you know, I, I've said for years that hazmat techs were way ahead way when I was doing a big time in the 80s way ahead of the rest of us who came to air consumption air and time with a bottle because what you know if you remember let's say you got three guys going in your entry team two or three guys you know two to three guys what I say three guys are going to go do, make entry level a suits the entry team leader looks and he writes down he writes down the the, 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 air, the air pressure that's in John's air pack Rick's air pack and Curtis's air pack all right he writes down all three of his entry team people, and then he takes the lowest amount of air. Let's say one's a little bit less than the other one, right? That's what that's he. That's it. Boom! Everybody's got that. Then you know what we're trying to do is we're we're looking. Okay, how much air do they have? Let's take the lowest amount, and that's our starting point. Now I go to my re. I go. I, I take off my emergency my my emergency air time. You know, boom! That gets subtracted right there. So you start it full. You subtract your emergency, your emergency time, all right, your emergency, you know, what you've got. Then you go to, okay, how much time are they going to need travel to and from the hot zone, all right, walking to and from the hot zone, where they actually do the work. You subtract that. And then you go to the decon guys. How long is it going to take you to decon them while they're on air? So it take us five minutes per guy or whatever. Okay, so I got to put that in there. So you start with, out of the three guys, you take the lowest bottle. Hope, hope, hey, maybe they're all the same. Let's just say that, whatever. But the lowest, the lowest bottle. That's your starting point. Subtract your emergency time. Subtract your travel to and from the hot zone time and your decon time. And what that leaves you is what we used to call your real working time. And that would leave you, hey, guys, you know, now I would always fib. I'd always say, okay, real working time, I've got uh, 13 minutes for them. I would tell them, you know, I, I, I would play it like, like eight and kind of fib because you know what they do, John. How many times? Can, you know, you know, entry from, you know, you know or whatever, uh, command for whatever. We need, we need, give me three more minutes. I can get this done. Well, if, if you figured right to the penny, you don't have three minutes. If they're out, you know, you keep telling them you got five minutes, you have four minutes, you have three. I always had a little, yeah, I can give you three minutes. Cause I knew I had five extra because they didn't tell them about it right away. But I mean, they were on top of the real world. They figured this is what we're going to give you for actual working time. You know, and it was pretty close. It was pretty close. And, and, you know, and I understand that. And that's accurate. And it's, and it's technically correct. But, but hazmat working time and, and firefighting working air time are, are two different things because of, the, because of the situation that we're in. Obviously, well, a hazmat situation is a much more controlled. I don't want to say it's less anxiety, filled because there could be some great anxiety there, depending on what kind of, you know, atmosphere they're going into. But compared to... The fire situation is a little bit more dynamic, a little, a little bit more unknown. There's a lot of unknowns in the hazmat, in the hazmat one as well. Um, so my point is, there's never enough air. Nobody's right. got enough air. We used to have 30-minute cylinders. Now everybody's got 45-minute cylinders. I always used to wonder why they changed because I, I always got along very well with 30-minute cylinders. Not that many people ran out of air with 30-minute with cylinders, yet 
the 45s are bigger and heavier and bulkier, even though they give you a little bit more time. So there's a, there's a, you know, there's a trade-off there. Um, but the point is that how much air do you have? How long is it going to last for you? And when do you leave? Now, when you leave is a great point. You know, I don't want to spend too much time on air consumption unless we just do air consumption today. But No, no, we're fine. You know, there are some people that talk about um, leaving before your, your low air alarm goes off, right? There are people that talk about that. There, there are books that are written that have that in it. Not everybody, not everybody subscribes to that concept. I, I, I must tell you, I'm one of the ones that do not. I do not think that's – you know, I always wondered where you keep your crystal ball. How, how do you get out before your, air, your, air, your low air alarm goes off? You know, and you have some of these folks that are saying, oh, you've got to closely monitor your air, either your heads up, you know, your heads up uh, uh, signal or, you know, monitor your valve and stuff like that. I was always busy working at fires. I never I, – you know, it's not like I – I was, I was never really worried about it. I always knew I was going to have a low air alarm go off and go and interrupt whatever I was doing and say, hey, you're, you're running low on air. It's time for you to leave. I always thought that that's why they built that low air alarm, to let you know that it was time for you to leave. There are some people out there that are preaching you should be out before it. And, and like I said, I'm not buying it for a couple of reasons. Number one, there's a very technical, dependable low air alarm on there. And if you're doing your air consumption exercises, you know when the low air alarm goes off, I got six minutes, and you know you can get out, right? That's number one. Number two, what are we doing in there? How, how much work time are you going to get out of a fire company? You got a fire company with three or four guys. Three of them are going in. Really? Really? We're going to get nine minutes out of each guy? I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems to me like we should be using our air a little bit more efficiently rather than just not throwing it away. But And I, and I think – that the, the way the SCBA is built, and I think the low air alarm and the time they give you for exit is sufficient and safe. And if you practice and train on that, you shouldn't have to be out of the place before and, the alarm goes off. And I don't want to confuse the two. The reason I brought up what the hazmat guys did is just because they, they my point was they work hard. They worked hard a long time ago at figuring out how much time you should have inside. And we're doing the same thing. We're talking about the same stuff. You and know, they pay a lot more attention to monitoring well, time than we Because do. you're wearing a level A suit, you come out and you've got all this stuff on. You can't just take it off like you take your turnout gear off. Now you have to be decon before you do it. There's a whole process, so they have to know that. But knowing how much air, like you say, John, is 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 vital, is knowing how much air you have, you know, and we've talked about air management. Test it, play with it, folks. You know, do do the drills, do the things, have an idea, you know. I should be able to turn and say, John, how you doing on air? Hey, I'm good. I got, I got, I got at least, I know I got at least five minutes left. I got, I know I got that. I can feel it. You know, I know it. Cause I, right. You said it before and I've said it. You should have that. You should know, you should go any second. Now I'm telling you, or any minute now I'm, I'm there. Right. There's been times where I go, here it comes. And I know it because you wear your air pack all the time. You use your air. Now let's, let's talk. Let's get to, do you have one more point on that? And, are you good? No, no, no. I, I wanted to move on as well. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, since we touched on last time we spoke about SCBA, we did touch a little bit and talk a little bit about uh, reduced profile. Right, so that's I where I was to going. To the quick release first, uh, depending on how our, what our time limit is like. And obviously, the quick releases or you know emergency escape is how to get the thing off your back. It's like if you run into trouble somewhere where you can't keep the SCBA on your back, you're gonna have to take it off. You got to crawl under a vehicle to get out of a garage where the ceiling is collapsed. Maybe you have to take this thing off, slide it in front of you, you know, and you're just crawling behind it. That's 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 very doable. That that's another skill that can be trained. Uh, it's it's like taking a reduced profile 
a step further. You start off just like the reduced profile, taking one arm out, but then you end up releasing your. Well, let's your talk waistline. talk about that first. Let's talk first about, you know, you get jammed, you get to you get to a building or something changes your way out, and your your opening is smaller. You don't have to doff it complete like you said, but you have to you have to shift it. You know, and I know you said before, control is huge. I've always told people, don't ever let go of your pack, man. You don't ever push it out in front of you. you there's a, even when you have it in front. But when you go to reduce, you want to make sure you have your one arm lock because you want to control it, right? So, again, walk us through just – let's just – we just got to get through this opening that's just a little bit more narrow. Walk them right. through shifting it. So, so, you, so you take your right, your right shoulder strap, you extend it, and get out of it. So you're out of your right shoulder strap. You always keep your left shoulder strap on because that's where your low-pressure hose is coming, through your shoulder strap, from your bottle on your back. So you're not going to take that off. So you release your right shoulder strap. Get out of it. You grab your waist strap with your right hand. You grab your, shoulder, your left shoulder strap with your left hand, and you rotate the SCBA around. It'll practically slide under your arm, and then you've essentially reduced your profile. And now you can get out of a doorway that's barely opened or under a vehicle. or There's a lot of a lot of... And you know, some guys uh, have to loosen the left, though. They have to loosen that left shoulder strap. And if you have to do too. that, you can Maybe. do that as well. But that one doesn't come off, and you never no. let go of it. Right. right. Hang on to it. Now, you've also not released your waist strap, which is very hard for this thing to fall off of you, right? And, and that's that. And when you're done, you rotate it back around. You bend over. Your right shoulder strap will practically fall into place. You redon the right shoulder strap, and, and on your way you go. So, okay, so we're, 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 we've done this plenty of times in drills for some of our listeners, right? You said you get to a point – you got to squeeze out. For some reason, it, it closed down. If something fell, whatever, you, like you said, you're in a garage. You can't get, you know, let, let's just say we don't have to doff it. But like you said, so I'm, I'm just, if I have to, if I have to, you know, I should, my, my waist straps be pretty good, but I'm going to take that right. I'm hanging out. You said I'm hanging on to my air pack with my left hand. I'm hanging on to that shoulder strap. And I loosen that right one. And I just use it. I just, I just shuffle, I kind of push it, boom, slide it around almost under my left arm, like you said. And I, and if, and for someone else like me, I've always, I always had to loosen my left one a little bit, but you don't, like you said, I think the key John is, if I go back over, you don't let go of your air pack with your left hand. Then you can either slide between those, 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 those studs in the wall or, you know, what to get from one room to the other after you, you know, after you did that whole wall breach thing, or you could get between an opening or whatever. And once you get out, you just slide it back, right? You pull back with your right shoulder, cinch them down, snap, 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 and you're, you know, you're good to go. So we got that one. Now, buddy, talk about, look, I, I, I have to doff this thing to get out of here. Right. The quick release or the full escape is the same process. You start by releasing your right shoulder strap. Your right hand goes to your waist strap again. Your left hand grabs your left shoulder strap. All the same, except now you press the button. And it's a seatbelt type release on your waist strap, right? Right. You press right. that button, boom, your waist strap pops off, and you are now out of that SCBA. If you take your left hand and extend it, your bottle and your bracket are going to extend out with your left hand. And if you bring it back, you can put your weight, your shoulder strap back on your left shoulder. However, you can also swing it around in front of you if you want right now, put it on the floor, and crawl under a gigantic beam that just fell down with the roof. And, you know, you could slide under that and keep crawling to the other side, okay? You can put your second hand on there if you want. And it doesn't really matter what you do with your second hand, but what it matters is that you never let go with your left hand, even with the mask out in front of you it could drop over an edge and if you're not holding it it'll pull your face piece right off and you'll well, be left laying out and one of the key things when you said controlling it from the left side i only have so much you know leeway with my face piece being connected to the air pack 
So right. I've got my, I've got my, my left arm, I'm controlled to pack. It's close to my, you know, I've got it where my, my face piece, even right. if I push it out in front of me, it's not crossing over. It's not pulling off my face. I've, you know, and I'm not letting go where let's say all of a sudden you've got to go down two steps or whatever. Now it, it, it and I've seen people do it where they start pushing the air pack out and boom, 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 there it goes. And right. It's dragging out stairs. So that I think the, the key thing here is one of the many key things, but you've got, like you said, John, you've got to control your pack. And that's that left arm, man. That's that left arm has that thing in front of you or alongside you or whatever. And when good. you get through whatever the particular obstacle is that, that, that caused you to do that, as soon as you've got enough room to put it back on, you should immediately redon that. You should put that thing back on. You should put your left shoulder back up on, shoulder strap into the left shoulder. You're going to be right where you started. Swing your right shoulder around. You're going to have to be bending over and looking at the ground for this to happen because your shoulder straps will just drop down in position. And then your waist strap will drop down in position as well. And then you rebuckle it. And now you're, being, now you're in business to, to continue working again and go down a set of stairs or climb a ladder or whatever you have to do. And I think some people forget, John, you've seen this. It's like, and I know we've talked about this as well, but my, our good buddy, Jeff Welch, God rest Jeff, Jeff workout workaholic hardworking man what a great mentor what a great great guy was taken from us um cancer i mean you know he's one of those guys john that looked at me and said i never thought it would be me buddy jeff when he all the times we used to teach together especially in the essentials classes scba weekends jeff could take he he would point he'd go i remember him doing this when he was a chief up in hayden idaho we're in the training room. He points to those guys. He goes, I can crawl underneath that chair with my SCBA. They're like, what? He goes, I can make it underneath that chair. They're like, no, you can't. Through the little, the little side legs. And, I, and like, so he, he would actually do that with, like you said, re reducing profile and pushing. Then he would crawl through the scupper hole of the burn building. He goes, see that hole? He goes, let me show it. And he would take, like you said, he would doff his pack. He'd push it through there. And he'd do the, the you know, instead of trying to go out, both arms ahead of him like a swimmer, like Michael Phelps. He would do the left arm first, right arm, kind of reduce his whole body, pushing his air pack with his left hand, like he never let go, like you said, slide through. It was like a, 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 a magic act to watch it. And 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 afterwards, I would take everybody, I say, everybody, everybody take a piece of string. We had a big, big thing of string. Everybody take off how much you think your waist is. How far, you know, don't, don't sit here and measure, just, how big, how much do you think you need for your waist? If you're going to put this on your waist and guys cut off, you ever see this? And they take this piece of string and they go, holy crap. It's like gigantic. And it's like, yeah, see, we think sometimes, you know, a little bit bigger than we are that you have to think small. Right. And you have, you know, so you can make it out of some tight squeezes if you know how to do the reduced profile, like you just talked about. And if you know how to doff your pack and slide in front of you and get it back on, I think that's huge. Um, how about how about touching briefly on entanglement? Okay, you know, um, you you did a masterful drill with that. Um, I know we've done it. You did it. Get out alive with just simple stuff. Just nothing more than just dropping a rope over a guy's bottle as he's blindfolded. You know, so all of a sudden now, boom, he has to stop. She has to stop, and has to back up and kind of swim out of it and keep going back and forth till they actually have to take their pack off. Just but walk us through that one. Yeah, and and you already. And you already gave away the... the, the <laughs> Sorry. No, no, and it's great. It's so simple that you already said it. The first thing you do when you're crawling or moving along with an SCBA and all of a sudden you, you're restricted from moving, you're tangled up on something, is to stop and back up. Because you've probably walked or crawled through some kind of a loop or a hook or 
or a piece of furniture or a piece of hardware that when you back up, you may just as easily slide right off what you came on. Now, if you back up, you should also sweep your hand back over your head and see if you can feel something. You may feel a rope or a wire. Often, sometimes the cable television wires that they, like in apartment buildings and, and homes, and then they put them up in the, in the corners of the hallways, right behind a little piece of molding. And then when you have a fire, it melts that molding. And, and that wire can be dropped down for 60 feet down the hallway. And you can and get tangled two up. Instances, two instances, buddy. What, one was in Donner's Grove. I, I was, the, I was the, you know, the safety officer on this one. And they, they had crawled up. They got, they got to the second floor. They got to the second floor. And they made a right-hand turn doing a search. They got into a bedroom. And all of a sudden, the sound got muffled. Like, this is kind of weird. They're crawling their hands and knees. And they come back out in the hallway. And, and it, got, it was hotter. And as all of a sudden, one of them got hung up. And this is where the side cutters came in. The little side cutters where the guys was carrying. He got hung up. Well, fire's out, smoke is cleared. Let's back up. They, when they crawled into that back bedroom, the reason it got muffled and it got quiet and so, is this, this guy that lived there was a, a trained hobbyist, like had all these toy trains. And he built this gigantic thing in his room. This, and he would crawl in and crawl, pop up in the middle, put his little polka dot, you know, engineer hat on. And he had all his trains running. So they... They crawled underneath that. And when they came out, conditions had changed. But just what you said, what had dropped on them was the, was the, uh, the cable wire and the intercom wire for the doors. And quick, clip, clip, click, he was done. The other one was, like you said, the, we have down here big time, the slinky. I call it the slinky. The duct work that's up in these attics, which are either jiffy pop wrapped with the tinfoil or with the plastic. Like you said, all of a sudden that melts away. It drops down that's pretty tough. You're not going to break that with your hand. That, that wire looks so thin and so weak, and it is so strong. Oh, and that's why, and a big thing, you need to carry snap to your body somewhere, not buried in a pocket. I used to have a Leatherman or a quick something that you can, you know what, in a jam. I could reach. I used to carry it right here. I could grab it. I had it, and I could snap my – I broke a Gerber tool cutting a guy that was – I got. I, they told, I went up the stairs, again, safety chief, he was kind of suspended, like hanging there. This stuff had dropped out. He was right on the landing of the stairs. And these big eyeballs looking at me through his face piece. And I went, bing, bing. And I had a, one of those uh, Gerber tool. And I actually broke it because the last wire I cut, it was like so bing. He hit the ground and it took off like a cat, like was just let out of a trap. So carrying, I think one of those is huge. But those entanglement hazards, knowing that that stuff is above you is huge. Go ahead, buddy. And I'll tell you an important point about carrying a cutter, a wire cutter or, a, or a, a tool to cut devices like that is, it's got to be spring-loaded. You can't yeah. buy with your snap closed and then you have to reopen because often you have one hand. Often you're working with one hand. And when you squeeze it and go snap, you should. when you release the grip, that tool should spring open again, which will make the jaws open again. And now you're ready to go to the next wire and the next one and the next one and the next one. If you have a standard, even a good, even a good quality tool, right, a, you know, that, that's a cutter, that's a wire cutter, when you snap it, it stays closed until you manually open it again. So if you're going to buy or look for a tool to carry on your coat as an emergency wire cutter to get out of a bad situation, make sure it is a spring-loaded tool and it spring-loads open. And that was mine. I still have it on my radio strap, and I'm not trying to push products here, but I know Leatherman was that way. You, If you open it to the ply, if you open it to, to the, the pliers that had the cutters on it, right, 
it stayed, you had to, you had to squeeze it to make it, you know, and it would come back open. Yeah. That's a good point. Like I said, carrying a tool with you and to our listeners, God, remember when we would do the bailout programs and, uh, and you had to be careful. Your guys had to wear hard hats because all that crap falls out of people's out of guys' pockets. I always oh, love Yeah. Bang, bing, boom, boom, boom. You're like, what are you doing? Well, it shouldn't be so buried in your pockets that you have to, you know, because if you need, if you need cutters, you need to have them right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and you need to be somewhere you grab them, boom, 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 and cut and go out. So, but again, like you said, John, starting back at the basics there, you're crawling. All of a sudden you feel it's starting to, you're slowing down. You're feeling it getting tighter and tighter up. Oh, boom. You're, 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 you're caught. First thing, like you say, back up. Cause maybe you just crawled into something hanging down low, you know, and all, if you these, can't, and all these procedures, the quick release, the reduced profile, the entanglement, they're all easily, very easily practiced and drilled on right in the firehouse, right in the apparatus bay, right in the, you know, the truck bay, the storage building in the back. There's a million places you can practice this stuff without building anything or spending a nickel, a nickel, you know? Well, and we talked about it. And we, well, the one thing we didn't mention, though, too, is um, before, we, before we finish this one, we talked about backing, backing up and then reaching back and kind of swimming out of it, you know, that kind of thing. There are times, and I know one line of duty death, where if the probie had been taught how to doff his pack, just like you said, if he had been taught how to do it, he was five feet from a protective stairwell, and he got hung up with the slinky and all the crap above him. And he sw- and the more he crawled, the more he got tangled, right? The more he got all wound up in it. There is a point, and I'm, I believe in this, John, and tell me if you, if you agree or disagree, where you may have to doff, you, have to, you're, you know what, I may have to doff my pack get control it with the left hand, get out of it and, and find out where all this stuff is. And that's where you grab your tool and you may have to cut your own. You might have to cut this crap and you feel with your hand and cut, 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 and put your pack back, you know, pull it back on. Wow. You know, if you're, if you get separated from your partner, you know, for some that, and God forbid that happens, but it happens and you get hung up like that. So your choice is they say, never take your air pack off. Well, then I lay here and die. Or I do just what they were talking about. And they told me, you know, taught me a survival class, doff it, hang on to it, grab my tool, rub, you know, take my arm and kind of wave over it. Go, oh, there it is. There it is. Clip, 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 boom. Now I, I, I freed myself and, I, I, and I, I, I slide it right back on. Like you said before, when you get done doffing your pack and push in front of you, you know, a lot of people, I think, forget that part of it with the entanglement is swimming out of it, feeling out of it, backing out of it. But, you may have to, at one point, slide it off and cut, 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 put it back on. So well, the more you practice that, you know, the, the easier it is to do. And you can do that. You can, get a, you can get a spool of wire. And at the end of the wire, you can just twist the wire onto a little snap, a little snap hook. And then when a guy's going by, you can snap three pieces or two pieces to him. And then he has to go up and cut them. And then all you do is just untwist the snap hook, retwist it on the end of the wire again, and do it for the next guy. You don't even have to damage anything. You can use one one little spool of wire and a couple of little snap hooks that you, that you twist on to the end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, there we go. Hopefully for those that wanted us to do the part two or the follow-up to our, our, our SCBA, how much do you know, you know, about your particular pack? Um, obviously, you know, we can't cover everything. It should be, it's time to go out and practice. If there's anything, go out and give it a go, man. Give it a go. Send us an email say, Hey, we tried what Chief Salka was talking about, what you were talking about. And, and, and actually we're having fun with it. The guys are actually looking forward to drill time because we're goofing and, you know, build on the difficulty, start out very simple and then start adding things. Then once in a while I go back to the beginning in the middle of a difficult task, 
sometimes you go back to the very beginning where it's as easy as see if they can still do it and, and go from there and have some fun. Give us a shot. Let us know you're practicing this stuff. I'll tell you another thing, obviously not now, but uh, coming up down the road, I'd like to talk about the, uh, the RIT pack. The RIT pack is a, is, is a great piece of equipment that we could spend a whole period talking on uh, all the, all the different features and abilities and things that we can do with the RIT pack. Yeah, exactly. How to actually, you know, use it, right? So a lot of people, they carry it and they're not really sure what to do. The ins and outs of some of the little tricks and stuff. So, hey, buddy, email if they want to get a hold of you. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And as we always say, uh, Chief Lasky at gmail.com. We appreciate you joining us again. Uh, catch all of our old school presentations on iTunes uh, or zip over to, if you don't, if you know someone that doesn't use iTunes, they can zip over to my YouTube channel and, and follow them there. Uh, so we get the word out, get the word out. Uh, it's us having fun. We appreciate you joining us. We ask you at the end of every show to please keep the men and women, our armed forces and your thoughts and prayers with that. Be careful, be safe and God bless you. See you next time.